Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. It's the last day of the WNA Symposium here in London, and I'm with Dustin Garrick. We're going to go through a few topics that we've been discussing with other people over the past few days. Good morning, Dustin. How are you? Good morning, Matt. How are you doing? Not bad. A bit tired, if I'm honest. It's a bit a, tired. It's been a hectic week. It has. It has. We've, uh, like you, been sort of trotting around, meeting people, interviewing people, getting a sense of what's what the mood is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're over here talking to people, and what else do you want to get out of it? Why are you here? Well, I think uh, you know an important part, uh, first of all, is the biannual market report from the WNA. Um, mm. I happen to have been involved in the uh, yep. uranium chapter, yep. and uh, the, the initial reactions have been very positive uh, from outside organizations and people. I think the, uh, the report reflects, uh, I guess, more of the concern of some of the fuel cycle participants, mm. and it goes not just uranium, but the conversion side. Yeah, and uh, so I think uh, the uh, the industry perspective now yeah. is more in line with what I've been seeing out, particularly in the uranium side, on the, the supply the supply issues that are are yeah. looming. So, well, I guess that, that that was the point of, of this. It comes out every two years. It's the WNA fuel report. It has had a reputation of being just a little bit vague. Yes, it's a sort of broad picture it paints. But yes. this year. A lot of hard work's gone on, and we've met some of the authors of that, and you were involved as well. It's just that little bit more commercial. It's getting to where it needs to be. Yes. So talk, to, talk about the bit that you were involved with. You are involved with the uranium component. So well, just as what, was back, the, what was the brief? What was well, the brief? well, very quickly, I've been involved in the report for many series of it. Mm. And it was originally designed as an internal communication mm. document. Mm. And so it wasn't nearly as uh, uh, critical, I guess, on how it was put together. And the other is you can't talk economics, can't talk prices for you know, anti-competitive reasons. Yeah. And, uh, but then it kind of became the industry position as, as particularly more investor groups mm. began to look at in the uranium side. Mm. And so there's been that kind of lengthy transition. Yeah. Still can't talk economics, yeah. but I mean, it, it now addresses things like the need for long-term contracts. That right. there's a big hurdle at this point. A lot of companies are kind of at the starting gate in various forms, but without the utilities committing to more than a two or three forward year agreement, mm. they can't raise financing, they can't, you know, so it, it, it's, it's now being recognized also the term market. Yeah. Its role in this industry, uh, just a quick facto- factoid, yeah. I looked at the US and the EU deliveries since 2000. Mm-hmm. There's really good data on both the regions, which represents more than 50% of uranium requirements. Anyway, over that period, uh, they've taken delivery of 1.9 billion pounds mm. of uranium, and 91% was under long-term contracts. So right. the idea that the utilities rely on the spot market mm. just doesn't reflect reality. They still buy about 20 million pounds mm. a year in the spot. So. But, but, the, but the report, again, it, it talks about long-term contracts, 
It's a really important part of the industry for sure, but it's not giving any indication around price because it can't. No. Anti-competitive. So you reasons. say things like adequate or uh, yeah. you know, and, and that depends on the specific company. What's right. adequate for a Cameco isn't adequate for a, a new build project right. somewhere. Right. So, but but it's a crucial element in the the progression of of the production facilities. Right. So, so but if I look at People like TradeTac mm -hmm. or even UXC, they can get into this. And it's, I think it's important for commercial reasons that they can get into this. They sell those reports into utilities, to funds, et cetera. Um, but for the, these interviews are for the ordinary guy like me and you who want to yeah. buy shares in equities or, 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 or otherwise. What does this report do for them? Does it give certainty to the marketplace so therefore people start behaving a different way and therefore the equities react? Or is there something in it? Well, I think what's important is a lot of the investment analysts mm. have come to the conclusion that there is a need for more production yeah. and it will be at a higher price. It has to be because of the economics of the new production facilities. Right. Yeah. And that I think now we have the WNA mm. without talking the economic side saying, yeah, there is a need for more investments mm. in the fuel cycle and particularly uranium. Right. So now we have kind of a, a, you know, everyone is saying the same thing. Now the contrarian would say, well, now it's time to we love go the, the other direction. But no, yeah. I think one thing that was brought out is the demand forecast. Recently, Absolutely. the WNA had a low case, mm. which had, you know, demand eventually dropping off. Well, now even the low case mm. is a positive, I think it's 0.1% growth, right. but it's not a drop-off. So across the three cases, right. they're all, the re reference case is about 2% growth per year, and the higher one's three and a half. So, so, so how, do they, how do they marry this up with the supply case? I mean, because that interests me, because you know, most companies will overstate or be a little bit hopeful about what they're going to be capable of doing, but they are restricted by a number of factors, right? Yeah, I think what, what's another important thing is there's more of a, uh, more judgment being put into it. Right. In other words, you can Good. take the public statements of all these companies. Adjust them a bit. And say, well, his history suggests right. that it's going to be, take longer, it's going to be slow, whatever. So, and, and more of that's going in the report, that's which great is news. interesting. That's great news. So, you know, it's not like, oh no, you've got to say just public information. So, right. so there's some judgment that goes into it from mm -hmm. people that, uh, Frank Haney, who ran the, the working group, he's retiring next year after 50 years in the industry. Wow. So, I mean, we had some really- He knows a thing or two. Yeah, uh, you know, some right. long, Beards, anyway, right? So, so okay. that's the fuel report. Very positive. Generally, generally, very, very positively oh, yes. received. It's a certainly an upgrade in where it's been. A lot of hard work gone into it, and a lot more realism, I think, yes. in it. Okay, let's talk about mood. I've I've been speaking to a bunch of people, and I'd say the general mood is positive, without necessarily being certain. So it's better than it was six months ago when I, when we yeah. first started discovering the world of uranium. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I've had some fantastically wide-ranging views on when yes. price discovery happens from three months oh. through to 18 months. Yeah. You know, now everyone's got a different business model and everyone has different needs, but the people sitting in the middle are thinking it's you know maybe it's going to happen next year. 
maybe. Who knows? No, and I, and um, I, and but I'll, what, what, I'll what are you hearing? What are you hearing? Uh, well, first of all, I thought it was interesting that the uh, WNA Symposium, I think there were 10 or 12 investment groups mm. represented. We've mm. never had that before. Yeah. We've had maybe two or three. And these are generalists. And so, yeah, these are, these are the guys that are either going to buy physical, they're buying equities, yep. whatever. I mean, they're the guys that are going to put the money up for the industry. And someone said last night at a, a dinner I attended, is, and when you've been around in this business so long, you walk in a room and you sense mm. the mood, and it is on that positive side yep. by the uh, producers, either real or those that plan to come into production. Yeah. So, and the meetings that uh, I've had outside of the symposium uh, have been very positive. I mean, it's not, uh, oh, well, what about the Japanese? They're never gonna, it's more like I'm on board. Mm. Now, when, when is it gonna happen? Yeah. And I think part of it, just quickly, the 232 in the United States. You know, we had the July 12th memorandum from the president. Mm which some people interpreted as, you know, he had no interest in helping the domestic industry. Mm -hmm. But if you read his statement, it was at this time. Mm. Um, and now the working group, I think, will come out with some kind of remedy, but it will all be uranium conversion enrichment and probably be pretty neutral regarding the utilities, what's going to be their exposure. Mm. But the point being, it's not going to affect the general market. It'll be kind of played out yeah. in support of the U.S. government. But I think some of the utilities, particularly in the U.S., that have the big unfilled needs are saying, well, I still don't know mm. what's going to come out. We'll have that answer by mid-October, and then I think that they'll start making their procurement decisions. Again, we've had similar conversations. I think quotas, tariffs, subsidies, no one knows, no point in Well, I think that's, that's all off the table. It right. will be some form of government support mm. just directly. It won't limit imports of yeah. other origins or anything like that. Well, so. let's, let's again, let's sort of step back and see what happens there. But that's, I, I think that's going to be very interesting, obviously, for, the, for U.S. uranium companies. One of yours, Energy yeah. Fuels, obviously waiting to see what's happening there. Um, I think but again, I think that activity in the term market is what's going to help raise the spot price. So it's not going to be the spot price goes up and then, then there's term activity. The utilities are already doing their due diligence. They're contacting suppliers. Mm -hmm. How much have you got? What time frame? What kind of pricing are you looking for? That's a precursor to them coming out. And like uh, one of the U.S. utilities was just in the mm -hmm. long-term market. 2021 20, 20, to 2025. So, I think that's Donald Trump on the line. Probably. Did you hear could, that? Well, could be. Amazing. Um, so again, they're starting yeah. the process that they've not been willing to do because of the price differentials mm. for a number of years, actually. Right. So. So, 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 and okay, you were at the eight capital dinner last night. Uh, well, get together last night. A few sore heads this morning. I've spoken to a few people already. Um, what else were you hearing? What, what were the questions that are being asked when you're talking to people? Well, no, it's, it's no one saying, well, is the price going to drop? No. It's when will, what are the factors so we're, that we're, will we're, move it up? We're at the and, bottom. And when do we see those asserting themselves? Now, some of us, we are diehard optimists. We could start to see it before the end of the year. 
But I think by first quarter, keep in mind there's a big conference in Nashville at the end of October where the, there's only like three U.S. utilities here out yep. of some 21 yep. or 20, whoever. Uh, they'll all be in Nashville. The producers will be there. I think there'll be much more discussion because we'll know yep. what the working group recommendation is or outcome. Mm. So we could see, some of them will say, well, I'm going to get out there now. I'm not going to wait. Mm. And we could start to see an uptick in the term activity. Okay, so, so based on your assertion that you think it's pretty soon, I think a lot of companies are going to like that news. Not necessarily what's going to happen, they're just going to yeah. like your view. Um, if that doesn't happen, we've been speaking to a few people and we've interviewed a few people. So we've kind of got a broad sense of what's happening with the, with the junior uranium space. A lot of them are needing to raise capital to keep going. Okay, They, yeah. they may get to the end of the year, but that's it. Um, do you feel that the funds or the institutions that you're talking to are ready to have those conversations with these juniors or are they going to struggle? I, th I think some, because they have a, a good business plan, good projects, mm. they'll be able to maybe live on the drip for a while. Mm. They're not going to get that big multi-hundred million dollar financing done without term contracts. Mm. The other thing is I think they may be optimistic on how long that takes. Yeah. It's not the, the price goes up the next day, the phone rings, and yep. all the utilities sign big contracts. That's and by it. the end of the week, away you go. It, yeah. can, it can take months and months. And at some point, the Cameco's enter the market. And so you're going to see kind of a lot of activity mm. once you get to a certain okay. price level. So th that's, th that's great um, saying that because I think if I look at, you know, again, re retail following that we've got within Uranium, very passionate, very optimistic, and very patient uh, group of people, very knowledgeable too. But they shouldn't expect an immediate pop in price. They're still going to have, there'll be a gradual escalation on price. Is that could what you're be. saying? And that could be as what, as long as 12 months before no, you get to where I it mean, needs like to be? The term price, when does it get to 50 bucks? Well, the term price at 30, we could see 40 very quickly because I think that's the next plateau. A bit of contracting by some, right. then another pop up to 50. Well, how long does that take will be dictated by the utilities yeah. when they come in the market. So yeah, by sometime first half of next year, should yeah. we see a lot of term activity yeah. and it'll affect the spot. Yeah, I think we're within a six month window. Okay, so let's come back to how people, like, I'm going to go back to my institutional days. I'm looking at price, it hits 40 bucks. Most of these companies are still underwater at 50, 55. Yeah. So in a meaningful way, it's, it doesn't matter whether it's 20 or, or 40. But for the funds, if they're seeing contracts in place, there's oh. security, right? They still have to take a guess on what the future holds. They've got to say, this will get to 55. And that's only break even for, for some of these companies. Some of these companies need to, clearly to make more than that to be able to pay back anything they borrow. So there's still a lot of um, uncertainty in terms of ability to raise capital. Is yes. there not at this point? Yes. Right. That's why some of them are out meeting, a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions mm. and kind of preparation for. Yeah. Then, you know, you go out and you do your whatever amount of term contracting and then it will, should make the, I think the financing is available. I, I think, think the there's no question yeah. of that. So, but under we, the right conditions. Well, there you go. We've been meeting and I've been talking to a lot of the funds, mm -hmm. 
and institutions. And they're generalists, who, as you say. They're coming back in and at least having a look what's going on. So they're having to get back up to speed, understand what's happening in the market, and they've got to take a view on what the future mm -hmm. looks like. But yeah, I think the money's there under the right circumstances. But isn't that going to come down to two quite important things that I've been discovering in the past six months is management teams who have produced uranium and got it into market, not many of them, right? And then, of course, the basic fundamentals of mining is, is this a good asset? Can you get it out of the ground, let alone get it into market? Well, as you know, we're having more specific questions. In other words, you know, rising tide will lift all boats. I, but I think some no. of the investors that have either been in the space or more sophisticated, whatever, are saying, well, now, of this group of companies, there you go. where should I place my funds? And so that's, you know, now I think probably the primary question mm. that I'm getting back mm. is on board, think it's great, mm -hmm. next year, whatever, but where do I, yep. you know, place my funds? Yep. And, and it, part of it is, like you say, management teams, mm. the experience, and that's uh, hard to come by these days. It's very well, difficult. Very, very There's difficult. There's not many old veterans left, and yeah. uranium is a unique commodity because of the political, social, whatever yeah. issues surrounding it. Yeah, I've been calling it the past few days mining plus. Because yes. the basic rules of mining, mining's hard enough. Hard enough. Then you have the uranium component, which is a political hot hotbed, um, and some of those geopolitical concerns. But you know, I, I think without getting into the macro, we, we all yeah. agree that the general consensus is it's really, really positive, huge infrastructure, needs filling, so it, it, life will be fine. But, if we come back to the management team, so there's about whatever 50, 55 companies in the uranium space at the moment. As the market recovers, you're going to have new entrants coming in. It's hard to imagine that any of them are going to have relevant uranium experience. It would be difficult. So again, for our viewers, I'm thinking that's something that they need to consider. Yes. You know, a new story doesn't equate to you know, capital appreciation because these things are unlikely to get into production with new management teams with no experience. Unlikely, no, not impossible, there, but Well, unlikely. as you know, during the last uplift, there were like four or 500 companies. Yeah, four, I was at PDAC, yeah. and everybody was tacking up a sign, we also do uranium. On top of. Uh, on top of everything else. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, uh, geologists with some drill logs, yeah. they, they were getting funded. I think this time around it'll be more difficult because they the questions will be asked. I hope who so. Who is behind? You know, peel it to the next layer, and 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 who's going to do this? Yeah. I want names. Name names. Yeah. And that's going to be again a a, a, dif a difficult part of the equation for some of the companies to convince. And it goes into the term contracting because yeah. the utilities will say. I'll do a two or three hundred thousand pound contract. I'm not going to do five hundred thousand. I don't know you guys. I don't know your project. It's not built, so I'm going to be cautious. Mm. So that means you have to even do more contracts yep. than maybe a, a, an established producer, of which there aren't many left. Yeah. So you, a few things going on there. I'd agree with you. If if you don't have anyone who's produced or been involved with producing uranium before, as an investor you got to think twice because it's yeah. complex. It's, it's, it's not just drilling holes in the ground, finding it, digging it out. It, it's, it's not 
Yes. That's simple. There's what happens afterwards, bit that you're, you've got a huge track record on, which is the, I'm not selling you by the way, I'm just saying, you know, referencing that you have huge experience in this, uh, which is the contract side of things. That's not easy because again, time comes into this. There are right. buying cycles, contracts are five, seven years, aren't they? They, they sort of- They come in cycles. And, yeah. and just as a quick side note, when uh, we did the bankable contracts for Langer Heinrich, mm. the banks laid out very specific requirements. Yeah. How much volume, at what price, over so many years. Yeah. So we had to then construct a contracting plan mm. that met all those needs. Right. And sometimes you have holes and the banks go, yeah. fill the hole before I'm gonna Press that button. Release the funds. Yeah. So yep. it's, there's more to it than just, like I said, the phone rings and you pass around contracts and you're done. Won't happen that way. Right. Now, it's not to say these other companies can't be successful. No. It just may take a bit more time. They have to, you know, they may have to be more flexible in contracting. I think the phrase I heard yesterday was they don't know what they don't know. And right? it'll come to their front door. Yeah. And then the. And that takes time and that takes money. And sometimes they can't fix it. They can't. So a lot of things to be cautious of as an investor yeah. in the uranium space, unless you've got a team been there and done it before, Absolutely. got the t-shirt, the WNA t-shirt. Absolutely. Right. Okay. <laughs> so now I think that's important because you know a lot of um, people, generalists. I'm not talking about the wonderful uranium crowd that have been in there through the thick and thin for the last two years. I'm talking about generalists coming back in when uranium does kick back will need to understand that. Yes. It's not a case of all boats float. I, I fundamentally disagree with that statement. I think all boats float for a while, right? Yeah, and, and then... And then the inevitable. So, and that's great if you get it on the way up, but if you're, if you're left holding the baby, you're in trouble, yeah. right? Well, and I think a positive thing, not to necessarily put forth an advertisement, but Trade Tech, one of the two long-time industry consulting firms, has basically just put out a study yeah, I on saw that production, and yeah. it goes beyond, well, here are the costs, which they look at full cost, because mm. a new project's not gonna be built on cash costs only, but then they try to look at what are the impediments? You know, what about the secondary licensing? What about the, uh, the uh, mine plans? What about contracting? Yeah. Have they gone out and, you know, approach the market, are they ready to do that? So again, it's kind of a, a guideline, a cookbook to look at and go, well, you know, just because you've got the best technical project, you may not be in the first mover group. Yeah. You may not be till the third because of where the project's located, uh, you know, for a number of reasons. So the industry's, I think, trying to help some of the consulting firms in that regard. But that, see, that, that's fine for people like you and me. We can afford that report. Yeah, I saw right, it yesterday. Yeah. Great report great from Trade Tech, great report. Um, and we can interpret that and extrapolate what we want from that. For Again, for retail, family office, high net worth, they, they're not going to pay for that report. It's, they don't have access to that. So they're going to have to listen to the information that they've got access to. And that's why I'm interested in talking to people like you. You've been around the block a few times, right? You've seen that a few cycles. Um, influencers who understand what's going on in the uranium space, but it can also help bring to light some of these um, issues. More in interesting issues, issues. that you need to be aware of. Totally, so. but also data from people like Trade Tech who are looking at 
the real situation, you know, what the company says, what the company's oh, capable yeah. of doing are polar opposites, yeah. not polar opposites. They're, they're very far apart. Can be very far apart. Can be very far. You're, you're very diplomatic. Um, and, you know, and th that's the difference between making money and losing money. And that's important. This, yes. this is people's money, right? So that's what I care about. Yeah, I think money will be made in the space again. But it will probably be on a more selective basis. Yeah, like I said, they'll be... Pick the right team. And then, yeah, and a lot of it's the right team that can get things done. Yeah. So so you are you seeing um, any good stories? You don't need to name companies per se. Are you, are you seeing any good uh, stories out there? Because I, I, again, I've passed two, three days. I know I've passed six months. So I've heard different business models. And I don't mean, you know, physical or ETFs yeah, or equities. Oh, yeah. I, I just mean companies which have, are coming at it a different way, which makes sense, or companies which have got all the fundamentals in place. I mean, what type of company would you, what type of company would, you, of company would you invest in or well, advocate investing in? I think you've hit the high points is those that can demonstrate some experience in the commodity mm. and mining in general, that always helps. But- uh, Cash? They're, well, yeah, I mean, if they're not one. totally cash-starved at the moment, yeah. that's a plus. It gives yeah. them a little more breathing room mm. so they can go out and meet with the utilities and lay the groundwork. I yeah. mean, if it's like, well, we can't go out, we can't talk to anybody, we don't have any money, yeah. then it'll be tough for the utilities to put you on their supplier list yeah. when they don't see you. And, and, you know, you may have the best widget, but... They, they can't see it. Yeah. The utilities need yellow cake in the can. Actually, Guaranteed. they aren't that interested in your share price. No. They can't stuff share certificates in their reactor. Yeah. They want to make sure in 2023 and June 1st, mm. you're going to deliver that 100,000 pounds because mm. they work it into their fuel plant. Mm. So that's what they're after. And so, the, you know, it, it goes beyond just the investor side. Mm. You've got to convince the customers that you've got yeah. credibility, particularly with new projects. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's Cameco with MacArthur shut down, well, yeah, it's produced, you know, I mean, you know, it's yeah. where the Kazakhs have throttled back. Well, yeah, they can. Yeah. But if you're a new new person on the block, it's it can be a, cha a challenge. Yeah. Now, I'd love you to explain to me, so they, I just talked about something which was buying physical uranium. That's, the, I think there's a company here in the UK called Yellow Cake. Uh, you've got one in North America, which is the... Uranium Participation. Uranium Participation Corporation. Um, what, is, what is it? How does that work? What does buying physical uranium mean? Well, there's really more than one model. There's okay. We'll, and I'll talk UPC Yellow Cake. Mm. Uh, they're being characterized as sequesterers right. of the uranium. In other words, UPC I think has held their inventory for 15 years. Wow. And Yellow Cake, the business model, as you know, I'm chief commercial officer for Yellow Cake, right. is to accumulate that inventory at good acquisition costs. I think the current 9.4 million pounds we acquired at under $22. Right, so you buy um, cheap. Buy it and hold it yeah. for an extended period. Right. Add to it when the, the stars are aligned correctly to where we go out and raise money, buy more. We've got the option with the Kazakhs. And 
it's an investment that the the investor can make a, a bet on the market. In other words, I think it's going to keep going up. I'll right. accumulate shares. Right. At some point, they may say it's 45, 50, could come off, then they'll take a different decision. Yeah. But it's, it's basically that store so, so, of value yeah. that they can make decisions on. And it's based purely on the price of uranium spot that, that day, right? Yeah. So I bought a 25 bucks, right, say, it's now hit 40, I'm checking out. Yeah. It just happens to be in the form of shares, but you, you're buying and selling physical But product. the material doesn't like come in the market. Now there's a different group, which Someone there's bought. six, eight, 10 investors that have bought physical. Yeah. Okay, now that means they hold the U308 at yeah. a conversion facility. Yeah. They come in, they add to that when they think the price is going up. Yeah. And at some point, I think when they say, well, okay, I've made I've doubled my money right. in six months, and I'll slough some of it off. I think that happened earlier this year. So that that's so you're right. You've got to get this so that's a different right. a different yeah. Model. So one is f physically selling off, but that's a group of institutional guys and gals, presumably, right? When you the first one you described was there's an inventory sitting there. Sits you there. you can you can buy shares in that. It will continue to sit there, and once you want to sell your share, you can sell it to someone else, but the uranium still remains there. It's not going into the market per se. It's a, it's a security. Yeah, and it's a lot easier than if you buy physical, because yeah. then you get into the storage accounts, there's fees, there's all kinds of things. Not to say that's a bad part of a three-legged yeah. stool, yeah. but it's different. Yeah. Okay. And, and I know the analysts are really struggling with how do you model that. Cameco's mentioned it on their calls. Yeah. But you know, apparently, last late last year, that group bought eight to ten million pounds. Could have been more. Yep. Could have been less. Yeah. Uh, and I'm asked. I, I I participate like with Platts on, mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. and and well, when will they sell? At what price? Some might sell at thirty five. They go, hey, I bought it at twenty five. I sell. That's a great deal. I'll go do great something deal. else. Others may say this thing's rate going up quickly. Yeah. I'll hold to fifty. Uh, they may sell at 35 and come back at 40. So it's, it's a growing part of the spot market yep. that to some degree you can't model. You know, it's like, well, how do we model this? We know what the utilities are going to do. We know the producer buying. Yep. I contend you can't model it. Yeah. I know. If it I, was one person, you go, well, I can kind of figure out what they're doing. But it's now a diverse group all yep. over the world, yep. South America, Australia, you know, you, you know you, who they are, North America. Right. So if looking at something, something like Yellow Cake, which I know you're involved with, you know, open about that, um, uh, you buy, let's say you buy at 22, if the price goes down, the price goes down. There's nothing you can do about that, right? So the, the, the value of what you bought is, is less than what you pay for it. But your expectation is it's going to go up. And people buying shares, their expectation is it's going to go up. Yeah. So there's no kind of equity risk per se. It's just purely on the product, which is above the ground, sitting in containers, Kamikaze facility or wherever, wherever it's held, right? Um, so essentially, whereas equities, a bit more exposure to all the risks below the ground. In the ground. And management decision making. Yes. And availability of cash. So it's it's a, just a different risk profile. Mm -hmm. So have you? So it allows you to participate in the uranium space by either yellow cake, mm. 
UPC or physical. Mm. I understand one of the uh, large banks that's mm. been involved in buying physical mm. has been providing that service. Yep. You know, you don't have to get a supplier or storage agreement. We'll do it under ours. So, I mean, there's the entrepreneurial side of that yeah. for a fee. So yeah. then, well, that takes some of the, the goodness out of it. Yeah. And then, and then it's the equities. You know, everybody says, well, I'm going to buy Cameco. Well, yeah, they're a fundamental part of the business. Mm. But actually, their upside's limited by ceiling prices and and defined price contracts. Mm. So if the price goes to pick a number above 100, mm. if you look at their sensitivity table, yeah. they start to hit a ceiling. Yeah. Now, on the downside, they don't go down below about 30. Yeah. So they've got a collar, and, yeah. and that's part of their business model. I'm not sure everybody looks at that, because mm. they think, well, if the price goes to 200, it'll, no, chemical yeah. hit, their, hit their ceiling. It's also not good because there'll be a lot of entrance, new yeah. entrants in at that so, point. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. but then it's a different strategy, different yeah. risk. So, so to finish off, because I know you've got places to be, you're meeting lots of people today. Um, you think uranium, people should be looking at it, should be considering it as part of their investment portfolio. General consensus is quite positive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and more go. and more people are looking. In other words, you know, I did a road show in April with Yellow Cake. And it was mostly North America, and certainly we did Boston, New York, the traditional, mm. but out on the West Coast. I mean, yeah. it's Los Angeles, it was San Diego. Yeah. So I, we see a broader spectrum of interest. Yeah. And, and I think it's waiting, though, the 232, the, the working, we don't know what that kind of means, but okay. once the green light goes, even if it's a pale green, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of... Investment. So, so people will be waiting till then. I think generalists are waiting till then, see what that outcome is, whatever it is, some degree of certainty about yeah. how, how to and move Figure forward. out what does it mean, and then the utilities will react. So yeah. you'll see that term market start to pick up. So. Beautiful. Dustin, good, good to see you. Um, yeah, nice to see you face to face and here in London. Enjoy the rest of your time here. I Thank think you're you. diving on an airplane tomorrow. Saturday back to Colorado. So Fantastic, fantastic. Well, we'll catch up, uh, well, hopefully in October. In time, yeah, that's right. 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 Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.